your shoe off. You took your shoe off? How are we going to go for a walk with your shoe off? How is that going to happen? How is that going to happen? Can you say, help me, Mommy? Help me, Mommy. Okay, Gracie. What do you think? Do you think our friends are going to come play with us? We're going to go for a hike. Ready? She likes to go on the slide. Hot marriage. You're supposed to chime in. Oh, cool parents. <laughs> Except we're just like faking it till we make it kind of thing. We're not really in a hot marriage and we're definitely not cool parents, but we're going to fake it till we make it. But I am hot and I am cool, which sounds like I have a disease. Or like you're an oxymoron. Ooh, thank you. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents. We are so happy to have you here. Yeah, we have a very, very special guest on today. Oh my gosh. I can't even wait another second before I tell you guys <laughs> that we have Ashley Flowers from one of the top true crime podcasts. It's called Crime Junkie. If you like true crime at all, just trust me on this one. You're going to love today's episode. This girl has a serious following. Yeah, she actually has a million followers on her podcast and she has a live tour show coming up and she sold every single destination out within, I don't know, days, I guess. Yeah, we're very excited to hear from her. Oh my goodness. And you know, before we get too far into it, I want to give a five-star review shout out because you guys are the absolute best brands ever. I love you guys. So CD Bar One, thank you so much for the five-star review. You said, great show today. Love hearing Gracie and Doug's parents. Jamie and Doug are so real and open about their lives. Yay. Thank you, CD Bar One. I love hearing my parents too. Yeah, we love Big Doug and Bon Bon. We actually met a couple of friends today on the boardwalk. Yeah, we were out on the boardwalk today and I leave for Vegas tomorrow. So by mm -hmm. the time you hear this, I'll be just getting back from Vegas. But yeah, we're interviewing mm -hmm. Ashley and we're getting this podcast done so that it comes to you on time on Thursday, which is a day early. It's only available on Thursdays on the Himalaya app. So you can download that for free and follow us there if you want to get it a day early. Otherwise, it's available everywhere on Fridays. Yay. Yeah. You know, it is really sweet that everyone loves your parents on the podcast, Doug. Yeah. It's going to be awesome once Henley starts to talk a little bit more and is okay with wearing headphones because I think she'll be a blast. Oh my gosh. I can't wait for you guys to hear more greasy chatter. Yeah. But I hope you're liking fresh greasy chatter at the top of every single episode. And one day she's going to be like 10 and we're going to look <laughs> back and be like, oh my gosh, she was so small. Yeah, Stop recording me, dad. Yeah. She's going to be like, uh, it's only a little weird that you're recording our conversations <laughs> and putting it on the podcast, parents. Right. <laughs> Apparently my parents taught her to say, no boys. She like points her little hand, no boys. Yeah. But yeah, if you guys are loving the podcast, please take a screenshot and tag us because we love to get to know you guys as well. And also just an update on the 28 day challenge, which is really more about mental health than like physical health. But it turns out they kind of go hand in hand to be very frank, but I'm actually doing it. Like I was a little worried to put it out there in the universe or to like all of you listening that I'm doing this 28 day challenge that I kind of created myself, which was really just to kind of hold myself accountable because I get so stressed and so overwhelmed and honestly like depressed and anxious. And, and I know I have no good reason to be depressed or anxious, but it happens to the best of us. There's truly a chemical imbalance. And one of the best ways to increase your dopamine and your serotonin levels. Endorphins. Endorphins. Yeah. All of the above is to exercise and eat healthy. I'm not so good at the eating healthy part yet. I literally just had macaroni and cheese with meat in it. <laughs> with hamburger meat. Yeah. Uh, fatty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I took Gracie to uh, mow the lawn with me while you 
worked out. I'm like so proud of myself because I'm doing it. Like I do not want to work out today. But you did. Yeah. I like had a headache. I was exhausted. I I don't know. I just wasn't in the mood. But yeah, if you're on the 28 day challenge with me, I just want to say, woohoo, we're doing it, guys. High fives. <laughs> that reminds me of like the Pillsbury Doughboy. Remember? You like, <laughs> you know, like remember the commercial when you were a yeah. kid? You like push his <laughs> belly button and he goes, woohoo. <laughs> Jamie ate CBD gummies in case you're wondering why she's giggling. Am I weird right now? A little. Am I really? I've never had CBD gummies before, but I have been told by more than one doctor that I might benefit from it. So that in addition to exercising, I'm trying to, I'm really trying to curb this uh, stress and anxiety. I really, truly am. I don't want my daughter to see me always so stressed about like everything and anything. It's like, that's not who I want to be. That's not who I am. So anyways, I don't really eat CBD gummies all the time, but we are we got some when we were in LA and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take them on their advice. Yeah. It's not illegal. Mm-mm. It's not pot. It's um, just the oil. Yeah. But I I'm clearly have, I'm a little defensive about it because I just think it's, I don't know. I just never wanted to have to take something like that, but I'll do anything at this point to feel better. Oh, yeah. You've been fine. So if you have any questions about, any any of the above let us know because we're wide open books so if you have yeah. any questions about cbd gummies just let us know if anyone has any good suggestions <laughs> to like combat anxiety and depression aside from the 28 day challenge which is literally what i'm doing in case you didn't hear last week's episode to those of you who aren't familiar with the 28 day challenge all it is is working out for 30 minutes every single day of the week. You don't get a day off because your brain never gets a day off. So you really genuinely have to like show up for yourself. For 28 days. Yes. This is an arbitrary number. Doug just threw it out there. I wanted to do 30 days. Cause that's like a solid month. But he I was like- I thought it should be 32. Yeah. And I didn't like the extra two days because that's like overwhelming. So I was like, no, we'll <laughs> do 28 then. If you want to give some arbitrary number. But no, I think that you have to commit to something. They say 20 days or 21 days to actually be able to change habits in your body and in your lifestyle. And so I wanted to do it even a little bit further than that, though, because I just really, really, really want to feel better. And I'm also a little annoyed with myself for just kind of like sitting around on the couch, like whining and complaining to Doug that I'm so depressed and that I'm not happy and that I'm so stressed out, even though I know I have no reason to be anything but grateful in life. Well, you changed, though. Yeah. But that's the point is that I remember when I was younger and I had custody of all of my siblings and I was in school full time. Plus I was working part time. Plus I was a cheerleader and I was going to court with my mom, hoping to actually win custody of my siblings. And I didn't complain then. And I actually found time to work out. Even then I would work out at the gym at school. So I'm just sitting around lately thinking, excuse me, but who do you think you are? If you could do it way back when you were 19, what's wrong with you now? You have not nearly as many problems as you had then. Shape it up. But your body and mind is different than 19. Yeah. I think I'm mostly just very sad that it's taking us a very long time to get pregnant. Mm. And I think it's okay for me to admit that out loud now. I don't think I really have been admitting that out loud because I just don't want to put it out into the universe. But I think I'm learning that's okay. It is what it is. Such is life. Yeah. But I'm hoping that we will get pregnant. Every single month, we're hoping to get pregnant. So we'll give you guys the update whenever that comes. We tried last night. Henley was with Gaga and Pop Pop. That's right. We did. Yes, we did. Maybe we'll try again tonight. Who Never knows? know. <laughs> I'm actually fertile and ovulating. I start ovulating. In two days. 
yeah, well, I'm in Vegas. So then I have one day, Thursday, the day this is out on Himalaya is the only day I have home while I'm fertile. So you better think to get busy. Oh, yeah. Dinner, because then I leave Friday for LA to shoot Married at First Sight Unfiltered, Yay. which by the way, Doug, real fast. Doing awesome. Married at First Sight this season is bonkers. Killing it. I mean, there's four couples. One of the black couples, I actually love both of the black couples so much. So the one couple is- The one with the virgin? Yeah, she's gorgeous. And her husband is very, very handsome. He is a good looking dude. They are absolutely stunning together. And I'm just totally pulling for them. The other black couple, it's like they had instant chemistry. They seem to really like each other. So we'll see. Of Married at First Sight. Anyways, so there's four new couples. And if you're not watching it, do not miss it because it is, I don't want to say a train wreck, but kind of. <laughs> I mean, our season was a train wreck too. It's all a train wreck, but somehow miraculously, some of these train wrecks turn out to be like pretty good disasters. I mean, it worked out for us. And it yeah. was definitely a train wreck for us too. I think a beautiful disaster. There's no better description for Married at First Sight yeah. other than a beautiful disaster. But anyways, that's on at 8 o'clock is Married at First Sight Unfiltered on Lifetime. Yours truly hosting it again. And then 8.30, all new season of Married at First Sight. Yeah. And so while I'm going to be shooting that in LA, I leave Thursday. So we're going to have literally two nights, Wednesday and Thursday, to try to make a baby this month. Wow. Can we do it? Probably. You seem really into this conversation. Oh, yeah. You better shape up, probably. <laughs> All right. We always talk about something in the news. Always, always, always before we bring our guests on or before we really dive deep into the podcast. And this week, I wanted to be super light because we have talked about stress and anxiety and depression for like past couple weeks. And it's like, I just want to have a good effing time tonight. I've okay. been saying that for a while. So are you guys in with me for having a good effing time? Let's just have a good time. Mm. <laughs> this is a CBD gummies talking. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like... Good effing. I hope that no kids are listening to that. I'm not really pushing CBD gummies. No, I don't think kids listen. I hope not. And if they are... Well, it's a good thing you didn't curse. Yeah, I know. But anyways, if they are, like, I hope they understand that they need to stay in school and not do <laughs> drugs. But anyways. Okay. So I found this really, really very inspiring news article. It's about this teen who graduates high school after being in a coma for five, count them, one, two, three, four, five months. Oof. And you know what happens. Like typically doctors say the longer you're in a coma, that's not medically induced. This wasn't medically induced? No. She was in a fatal car crash and she was told oh. that her life might be over. That's what the mom was told. So she was in a coma for five months, but her mm. mother never gave up hope. And she really believed that one day her daughter was going to wake up and she was right. Wow. Not Just wild. in time for graduation. Yeah. But could you imagine? Uh -uh. There was that one woman that woke up after 17 or 18 years. That's nuts. Yeah, I know. She's just learning how to talk and she remembers her friend, but they kept her going and she just woke up and she has to learn everything over again, but that, she recognizes her parents and you know she's in a bed, but... That is just almost a little creepy. Mm -hmm. You don't have me to say that out loud. Like, how are you holding on for that long? Yeah. Or like, were you in heaven and then you came back to your body? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just think of things like that. The thing about this girl, I'm just thinking, girlfriend, you haven't been in school for five months. How are you going to graduate? <laughs> <laughs> is that like an 
honorary diploma and you have to go to summer school because girlfriend, you made it a coma in a hospital bed. <laughs> I mean, I could have taken out five months of high school and still felt like I would have graduated. I mean, yeah, honestly, same. But And I'm obviously just joking. I'm so happy that she graduated. But I was thinking, man, I had a hard time my senior year trying to make sure I could graduate. I had a lot of classes to take. My girlfriend's been in a coma half the year. She still graduates. It's a lot of homework. But now I was really saying the doctors really couldn't believe that she actually woke up and now she's moving on to go to college. And she's actually, this is the part that's so heartwarming. She's taking her experience and she's going to study psychology to become a counselor so she can help others who are going through difficult experiences in life. I love hearing that. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing better to me than someone who can take a hard time and turn it into something good and uplifting and useful in the world. There was a TV show that came up where they were interviewing people that have had that sort of death experience where they died, they saw the light and then came back to life and like what what that feeling was. And one of the interesting stories that came out of it was this guy that had zero music ability whatsoever. He felt like he went to heaven and he went into the light and came back to life, but remembered everything. And he remembered this tune, this song that just kept playing over and over again. And he taught himself how to write music. He taught himself how to play the piano so he could mimic the song that he heard from heaven. And it was an original song. Like it wasn't something that was playing in the background or like in the hospital. It was a song that he heard. And then he was able to find that musical talent and then teach himself how to play. And he played this sort of heaven song. That's amazing. You hear a lot of people who are so close to death and that they literally see themselves from above. Mm -hmm. Isn't that wild? Yeah. There's part of me that thinks that it's just like a disconnect of the brain. I don't know if you've ever taken any mind-altering drugs. The CBD gummy. (laughs) I've taken mushrooms once. What? Yeah, and only once. And it was in college. How come I learned so many things about you on this podcast? Because we're honest. I can't believe you've taken mushrooms. I know. And it was exactly what you see on TV. They see all this weird stuff. That's what it was. And I was like, now I get it. The mind can do so much. And there is that disconnect. You know, on mushrooms, I was seeing things that I wouldn't believe a drug could do that. It was bizarre. And I think that from there, if there is something happening where lack of oxygen or something where someone dies and the brain starts to go, I think that's where that light comes from. I think that's where that out-of-body experience comes from. So it could be something like that. I think that when you're taking those drugs, you're probably so close to death that that's why you're having that out-of-body experience. Mm, because right. truly, though, it like fries your brain cells and it's so unhealthy for you. I've never taken anything like that. I honestly, I'm only recently becoming okay with pot because I feel like I'm just not a fan of drugs. It ruined my family. My mom's a drug addict and look what happened to our whole entire family. So, well, what's really cool is that she wants to become a counselor. Could you imagine if she becomes your counselor? Yeah, that'd be nutty if she ended up working for Talkspace and she became my counselor. So for those of you who don't know, I've talked about Talkspace before. It's an online mobile therapy that's really affordable, like way more affordable than going to see an actual therapist in person. And for me, what I love about it is that you can do it anywhere because it's through your phone. So it's an app that you download and I signed up for it myself. Well, you can talk, you can text, you can schedule time to speak to someone, but it's really literally like as convenient as you want it to be. Yeah. You can literally, if you wanted to text on the app to your therapist all day, every day, you could. 
and they will get back to you and talk to you about anything. So that's the great thing about it though, is because sometimes when you're in the midst of a crisis, you don't really want to wait a whole week before your scheduled appointment with your therapist, or even maybe by then you're just kind of like, yeah, I'm not in a crisis now. That's like so irrelevant to your life. But in the midst of it, it's like, who do you have to go to to talk to? And honestly, I really, really encourage this for teenagers. Like if Gracie ever is in a state where like she's maybe just being a fussy teenager, I think I would just sign her up and be like, okay, I'll never look at it. You just do your thing and talk to your therapist because they need someone to talk to. So I love it. I think it's great for me. But that's also why they have that online quiz where it matches you up with a therapist that fits your profile. Yeah. And the great thing about that too is like sometimes science is only so good. So sometimes they match you up and it doesn't quite work. That's okay. They have over 4,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing different challenges and you can switch out. And so you can say, hey, listen, that therapist isn't working for me. Can I get someone new? Didn't you use your own code? I did use my own code. The discount code. I'm not that even you kidding. Have. I did use this code because I was like, if you get a free week, I mean, might this as is well. How, yeah, I heard about it because they approached us. They want to sponsor that podcast. And so every time that someone comes to us, the first thing I do is see if it's legit. If it's a skincare, I'll ask to try it so I can make sure that it's good. And so for this, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I'm sitting here talking about it with Doug way back early on, back in like December or whatever. And I was like, I'm going to sign up for this season my own code. So yeah, if you guys want to give this a shot absolutely free, you can just go to Talkspace.com and then use the code Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, get your first week absolutely free. Let's say you try it for a week and decide you don't like it. You can obviously cancel. Just definitely give it a shot. If you're just going through a hard time or if you know of a teenager, definitely recommend it. You go to Talkspace.com and use the code Jamie. You'll get your first week absolutely free. What's that code again? It's Jamie. You just go to Talkspace.com and put the code in Jamie. You'll get the first week free. Awesome. Okay, before we get Ashley on, this second thing that I saw in the news is right up my alley. I want to do this, Doug. What? (laughs) What? Okay, this family of five, they sold all of their belongings. We are not doing that. Every single one of them. Nope. And they traveled all over the world. Sorry. What better way to teach your children than to travel around the world about different cultures, history, art? Why sell everything? So that you can travel all over the world. (laughs) Who can afford to have their stuff and travel all over the world? They have hostels and hitchhiking. Uh, no, I don't think so. I guess they call themselves the bucket list family, but their last name is really the G family. And they're traveling all over the world with their three kids right now. They sold their belongings for $50,000 and used that money for their travels. The only thing is, is like, okay, I get that. How old are their three kids? They're going to have so much fun for like a year while they're traveling all over the world. But then when they come back to reality, yeah, really, there's no home, there's no clothes, <laughs> there's no sneakers. Are they going to make money on their way? I guess maybe that's why the news story. No one makes money off of being in the news, do they? I don't know. Yeah, maybe sponsors. We never make money off of being in the news. No. (laughs) Otherwise, we would be traveling the world with Henley. (laughs) (laughs) Before she's in regular school. Yeah. Man, I don't know if I'd ever really want to travel though, to be honest. We've been traveling a lot. Yeah. And I genuinely get such bad headaches if I travel too often. I just get, I don't know if it's the fatigue. I don't know if it's from being up and down in an airplane. I I think it's the pressure. It could be, but I get like these migraines. I found this great way to treat migraines though, because I'm all about something that's convenient from like your own home. You can do it on your own terms. And so there's this company, it's called Cove. They are specifically for migraines. 
yeah. and headaches. And it starts with a doctor who reviews your symptoms and determines what's the best course of treatment for you. And then you get your personalized supply of medication delivered directly to your front door because who's got time to go to the doctors? Right. You know. If you go on their website, you go through a tiny little quiz where it's, you know, here's my medical history. Here's my lifestyle. Here's, you know, my cognitive ability and learning. My and they, cognitive ability. Yeah, and they compile all of that data and then customize the plan and make sure that there's not any underlying cause for these migraines. That is actually a really good point to make because it's not like they just like, oh, here are some pills to right. pop. Not at all. Like they make sure that it's, <laughs> this is like a real doctor who is going over it. But telehealth is the way of the future, truly. So right. like Talkspace, having an online therapist, that is the way of the future. And the same thing with this, this cove, if you have migraines or headaches, this is the way of the future. You don't have to go to like an urgent care or the ER if you have like a debilitating migraine. Like I think the point of both of them though is kind of more preventative than for reactive. These are going to be lifestyle changes that will help alleviate migraines before they come on. Same thing with right. Talkspace. Yeah, but the thing about Cove though is that they can prescribe you medication. If you're having a terrible migraine, you can go to Cove, you can get the medication. And this medication, by the way, is FDA approved. It's not like just some random medication that they give you. It's real doctors and real FDA approved medication. And for a limited time, you can get a doctor consultation in the first month of treatment for just $30. No medical insurance required. That's the other thing that I really like That's about huge. it. That's huge. Because there's so many of us that don't have medical insurance. I say us, but you have it. <laughs> With cove.com slash HMCP and get $30 for your first treatment, which is sometimes less than just a copay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Our copay is $30. Yeah. So for a very limited time only, you'll get your doctor consultation in the first month of treatment for just $30. No medical insurance whatsoever required. Just got to go to withcove.com slash HMCP. So that's W-I-T-H-C-O-V-E dot com slash HMCP. Telehealth is the way of the future. <laughs> we are here yeah. to let you know. But I think it's about time we bring our phenomenal guest on, yes. Ashley. I know you are chomping at the bit to talk to Ashley. Oh my gosh. I absolutely genuinely love her podcast. And this is the first time we've had a true crime podcast host on our podcast. Yeah. All right. Let's get Ashley on. Are you looking for someone to share their deepest, darkest secrets on keeping their marriage spicy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you like please dish on how to be a cool parent? Because yeah, I don't know. Please tell me. Well, Jamie Otis and Doug Hayner have got all you hubbies and wifeys and mommies and daddies covered. Yep, that's us. Because each week, we're finding a guest who will spill all their dirty secrets. Oh, yeah. Because we all want to keep our marriages hot and our parenting cool. Here's the show. Okay, it is so nice to have you on our podcast. I am a huge fan <laughs> of your podcast. Obsessed. Oh, thank you. Okay, so I first found out from our friend Karen about your podcast, and mm -hmm. I love true crime. Like, I'm a little addicted. It's, it's a problem. <laughs> You're a junkie. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. it's okay, yeah. Sure. I can talk to you about it because you get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me give you an official introduction. This is Ashley Flowers. She's the co-host of the Crime Junkie podcast, which is actually the number one podcast based on the Rolling Stones. They did uh, the top true crime podcast. It's crazy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's 
nutty. Yeah, it was well, absolutely wild. I keep telling everyone this, like I'm not an investigator, I'm not a detective, I'm just a storyteller. So, you know, everyone's like, oh, how do you get these case files? Everything I get is available to the public. It's available case files, it's stuff on the internet, it's books. And then the way I think of my job is just taking all of that stuff that someone would spend like a week researching and then putting it into a digestible 30 minute story. And what made you get into telling crime stories? It's kind of, you know, a couple of things. So I truly am the crime junkie that I made the show for. So after Serial, I listened to every true crime podcast out there. The good ones, the bad ones, I could not get enough. And I felt like there was something missing, a very like specific show that I could not find. So that I had like kind of always like just percolating in the back of my mind. And I also am on the board of directors for Crime Stoppers of Central Indiana. You know, millennials don't know who we are. They don't know what our program does. They don't even know we're still around at all. And so I decided that I was going to try and get more people my age interested in the Crime Stoppers program. So I had partnered with a local radio station and this was long before the podcast. And I decided we were going to do this thing. We called it Murder Monday, where I came on and I told a 15 minute crime story. And in exchange, they did advertising for Crime Stoppers. And it was a huge success overnight. And I did that for six months before I realized, like, I just want to have a little more control over the story that I'm telling and how I tell and when I tell it, not at 530 in the morning. Right. <laughs> so I decided, you know, let's, I want to start the podcast that I kept looking for. Okay. So one thing I want to talk to you about the Dominican Republic and all these deaths that are happening. Have you heard about this? Yes. I'm sure you have. I've had so many fans reach out to me and they're like, I'm going on vacation. What do I do? And I'm like, well, don't go on vacation first. <laughs> <laughs> don't drink out of the mini bar. Don't drink anything. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I would be terrified. They're not just getting a little sick. They're getting like full on poisoned. Yeah. Yes, right. exactly. They're on their deathbed. It's affecting a lot of people. Well, and I heard a couple of people got really sick and they survived because they recognized what was happening and like left. Yeah. I don't know if they went back to the US or went to somewhere else and got medical care. I don't know if it's like something in the water, if someone's actually yeah. poisoning these people. Yeah. It's not happening in one place. To me, that's like, again, some of the scariest stuff because what do you avoid when it's like everywhere? What a terrible, terrible tourist attraction. I know. They have to be like suffering right now because I would cancel my trip if I had it. Oh, a hundred. Yeah. I don't care if it costs $10,000. I would lose every single dollar because it's not worth your life. Well, no. and you're going to go down there and be sober the whole time. Worst vacation ever. I'm not going to drink anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, And I don't know if they've come out with any stories about some of the locals dying, but you don't hear about that. Well, you don't hear that the locals are dying of the same yeah, thing. Yeah, see, that's a little, that's like, huh? Yeah, I think either it's not getting the news attention here because they don't think we want to know about that, right. or that's more proof that it is intentional, right? Like, I mean, they're not doing it to the people who live there. They're doing it to the tourists that are coming in. Right. Which well, is silly on their behalf because a tourist that goes in is going to help them with their finances. Usually someone that does this isn't thinking logically, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if anybody knows that, you know that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's serious enough to have the FBI come in. Yeah, then... now the FBI is prompting an investigation. See, it kind of reminds me of a case. I don't know if you guys ever heard about this. I think it was in Illinois back in the day where someone had poisoned a bunch of aspirin at mm -hmm. the store. So to me, I'm wondering if it's not some rogue guy running around to mini bars, but somebody where this stuff is manufactured mm -hmm. or where it's being shipped out. And then it is going to all these random places and there's nowhere to trace it. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're already onto it. So I feel like if that's the case, it'll be easy to trace because go to that factory and yeah. find out. This is so fun. I feel like I could cover this with you all day, every day. I could. I could talk about it. I mean, I do talk about it all day, every day. 
I feel bad for what's going on, but it's like, I want to investigate it and figure it out and like help these people. Yeah. It's a little bit fascinating, I think, right? Like depending on the case. And I think so many people ask me why people are interested in this. And specifically, it tends to be women. Our our listener base is 90% women. And I think at least for me and the people that I talk to, the fascination isn't with the gory details and how many people died, but trying to figure out what it is so you can try to avoid it. It's all about self-preservation. Yes. Oh, 100%. I'm way more aware of my surroundings. Yeah. It does. It makes you a lot more vigilant and it makes you prepared. People say that crime junkies are paranoid. I say we're (laughs) pre-paranoid. So a little bit of both. (laughs) Okay. So we do have a few questions for you. I feel like after you've done so much research, I guess your whole entire life, I feel like you probably have some good tips on like safety and all the things. One of our really good friends, Karen, is a diehard fan of yours. Like just diehard fan. Like I wouldn't even know about you if it wasn't for her. (laughs) And she was like, you should try to get her on your podcast. I was like, (laughs) okay, I'll try. I'll see if I can get her. And here you are. So thanks for being here. Okay. So she had a question for you. I'm going to start off with hers. So she asks, how long does it take her to research a single case? And what's the hardest one she ever researched or recorded? So it takes me about 20 to 30 hours to put together a story, a long time. And we fully like script out our show. So a chunk of that is writing the script. The hardest one for me, I think probably would have been the Dr. No episode because there was nothing to go off of. I had to like find news articles from the 90s that were very, very difficult to find online. It's not like, you know, something was published today and there was nothing that came before it. So in many of our cases, there are like books and there are documentaries and there's like all this stuff that I can kind of compile together. And with that one, I literally had like four news articles that I was trying to like piece together and then like fill in the gaps. And so that one probably took me closer to 60 hours to put together just because we were the first podcast to like ever do a story on it. There was nothing else. There was one guy in the 90s who did a news article about maybe a serial killer. So that was so, so difficult. Oh my God. The amount of work you put in behind a 30 minute show is incredible. It's so funny because our show is one of the shortest like crime shows, but it takes so much work. Has there been anybody reaching out to you to cover a story? Yeah. So one of the episodes I did a while ago on Alyssa Turney, she was a girl who went missing and it turns out like her sister now, her half sister is convinced that her own father killed her sister and she's advocating for him to be taken to trial for it. And she was one that reached out to me ahead of time and said, Hey, will you please cover this? We're trying to like get this petition signed. So that was one. And then actually the episode we just released this last week was a listener reached out to me and she said, my mother was murdered. The man who abused her, who went to trial for her murder, who I think murdered her, bought the grave plot right next to her. So now every time I go see my mom, I have to go see him too. And so she was like, you know, I'm trying to raise money to move my mom. So she reached out to us. We did her case. And it was so cool because within like 12 hours, we raised enough money to have her mom's remains moved. That is honestly the coolest thing in the world because not only are you covering crimes, you're helping families of the victims. Yeah. And I mean, what a phenomenal thing to know that your followers, your audience, they care. I know. I, I literally like wept when we hit the mark in just a few hours. I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. So absolutely. if anybody out there wants to move a grave. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your girl. <laughs> Get hold of Ashley, have her cover on the podcast and share. Uh, <laughs> and you got it. Okay. Back to like the real questions that I have for you. So since you've covered so many crime stories, what are some traveling tips for our listeners? 
traveling tips. Definitely making sure someone knows where you are, like as you're going. So I, and this is pre-podcast, I moved from Arizona to Indiana and I drove with just my dog. But at every time that I stopped my car, I was texting my mom and I was like, you know, this is the rest stop that I'm at. This is the time. And then I would text her when I'm back on the road. So that way, like if anything happens, someone knows right away, they know exactly where to start looking. They don't have to wait for the pings. When you talk about like cell phone pings, I mean, we talk about in our podcast all the time is just having someone who has your information. So you're not waiting for subpoenas and warrants from the police. And so being able to log in to your phone or your banking or whatever, especially when you're traveling. So even if you don't want someone to have that information all the time, give them the password while you're traveling. And then you know you can change them when you come back. But you are a lot more vulnerable when you're traveling because anytime you break your normal routine, things can get shook up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very, very good advice. Do you genuinely follow that? Like you make sure you text your mom at every rest stop and everything? Well, so yeah, when I was traveling, I mean, now that I'm married, it's like my husband. So if I'm doing a long trip, I'll text him when I get there. Usually he like knows my route when I'm like, we're going on tour in, oh my God, next week. I didn't realize it was next week. It's next week. <laughs> so he's got like the hotels that I'm supposed to be staying at, the route that our bus is taking. He's got all the contact information for the people that I'm going to be with. Cause that's the worst thing. You only have the one person's cell phone number that you are like related to. And then something happens and you can't even get a hold of the people that they're supposed to be with. Cause you never thought to ask. Yeah, that's really good advice. And it's tough to even remember phone numbers nowadays. Yeah, I know like my husband's and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, 100% because it's all like logged into mm -hmm. our phones. So what is something that you would never leave the house without in order to protect yourself? Or do you have anything? Well, I think it's different based on the scenario. I wouldn't go to like a new place or kind of a secluded place. I would bring my phone, not just because I'm glued to it, but in a case of emergency, I need to be able to reach somebody. I love hiking and there's not a lot of hiking to do in Indiana. It's like very flat, but we have a lot of trails and stuff, but I will not do them without my dog. I have a very big dog and I've always said this kind of jokingly, but pretty seriously, like I've never seen the episode of Dateline where the girl with like a really big dog was murdered. And right. so I got my dog my last year of college because I was like, more than anything, this is the best alarm system I can have. Yes, people, it's not 100% a deterrent, but a lot of times criminals, perpetrators are looking for like the most vulnerable people, the homes that like aren't going to cause a big commotion that they can slip in and out of. And they'll just avoid the ones with dogs because it's a lot harder. Oh my God, this is such a good tip. And also now all of a sudden, all the sheltered dogs are finding homes. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. You, don't, you don't get a puppy. Go get the senior dogs all that need a home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't go after Ash. I've never seen that episode of Dateline. So like, yeah, I don't think it You're right. So what's the most impactful story you've covered and any that have really changed your life or your perspective on life? So I think, again, to go back, to, for, at least for me, the most impactful is the most recent one we did where... You know, before with the Alyssa Turney case, we had a petition they could sign. There's been nonprofits that people could donate to. But this last one was like, we got to actually do something. Every day we're talking about the worst time in somebody's life. And I don't want it to just be entertainment for people. And I get that it is. I am so fascinated by these stories, but I feel like we owe it to the people that we're talking about to make it something more. So that was the most impactful for me to see that my dream of what I'm doing is actually coming to fruition. For looking at crime my whole life, I think that all of this has just made me appreciate 
appreciate people in my life and situations in my life a little bit more. And it's helped put things in perspective. We're going through this whole thing with my family right now, and it feels really big and really bad. But then I literally was driving home because I was like dreading going home. I was like, oh my God, there's all this drama going on. I, I just don't want to be there. And I started, I literally was thinking about Alyssa Turney and Sarah Turney because I've become such good friends with her. And I'm like, you know, at least I have a family to go home to. My dad has not murdered my sister today. My mom is still alive. And mm-hmm. it really like, I mean, again, talking about all these, these horrible, horrible things that happen in the world, like it really makes you think that everything I'm going through isn't that bad. And at least like the people yeah. in my life are still like happy and healthy. Yeah. So I think it's made me just like appreciate and respect what I have a little bit more. Absolutely. Okay. So one random rapid fire question. What's the top crime that you've ever covered? Whether it's solved, mystery, whatever. Like what was your favorite one to ever discuss or that you keep going back to? Or do you have several? I think a couple for a different reason. Actually, the one we were just talking about was April Tinsley. And that one was for a long time, like my pet case, my favorite one to cover, because to me, it is like more horrific than you even talk about like John Bonet. And you look at how famous John Bonet's case is. But this one was about a little eight year old girl in rural Indiana. Her family was poor, but the killer was like taunting the community for 16 years and nobody knew about it. Like I would ask people about it, even in the area where she lived and no one had a clue. So I loved talking about that case, just bringing light to it. But then the fact that it's a 30 year old cold case that got solved a couple of months later after we talked about it was insane. So that's been one of my favorite cases only because it's one of the few that we've been able to see come full circle. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's really sad. It just brings to mind that like typically the only news coverage, like the only crimes that are really out there are wealthy. Mm-hmm. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, because you have way more knowledge in this, but it seems like the only cases that get covered nationally or internationally are like really wealthy, typically white. It's a bit, yeah, missing white girl syndrome is like what everyone calls it. So it's true then, right? Like you find that? Oh yeah. I mean, like a white woman who comes from like a wealthy background will absolutely get more press than an African American man who's like from like a rural area. Absolutely. That is so sad to me, but... But just why it's great that your podcast is around because obviously you don't discriminate. And I don't, I don't, I say that in a weird way, but like, I don't think anybody's trying to discriminate, but. And it's hard too, because we try to cover those underreported cases as much as we can. But as someone who's not an investigator or a detective, it's a lot harder to cover those cases. So even when we try, sometimes we have to cover like two cases in one episode because no one has done like news articles on them. I don't have a ton to work off of. So those are definitely difficult cases, but we still try. It's something that we've had to be like very diligent about because we do get a lot of messages from people who want to see like certain demographics represented. Like, let's say you're covering a case. And I know it sounds like you get most of your information from whatever mm-hmm. everyone else has already brought into the world. But do you ever find that as you're covering a case or investigating a case that you discover some unknown information and that you have to bring it to like the detective? So it's never like new case information. The closest thing I would say that happens is sometimes a listener will email me and say like, hey, I think I know something. And they'll try and tell me. And I'm like, I'm not the person. To- no, 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 no. And then I'll send them to the detective. I never know what comes of it, if it's real, if if anything happens because of it, but we always forward the actual law enforcement's information on to them. (laughs) I hope it helps, but. Uh, I would be so nosy. I would be like, okay, <laughs> can you please follow up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you let me know how this works out? Yeah. Like, I would just so nosy. Yeah, that's incredible though, because you're reaching such a wide audience. It's almost like what was that show back in the day? America, uh, America's Most Wanted, Unsolved Mysteries, yes! all of them. <laughs> yeah. Yes, 
that's essentially what it is, but in podcast form, it's amazing. But anyways, okay. So I just heard you mention that you're about to go on tour. I want to hear all the things, like how can everybody find you and follow you and where can they get information for tour tickets? I want to (laughs) know. Yeah. So we did this test for four dates. We're doing DC, Philly, Boston, and Brooklyn. And we kind of wanted to see how that went first. We sold out in like a week. So now we're adding on new tour dates and we hope to announce them in the next couple of weeks. So we're going to hit a few more cities around the U.S. And then... That's so exciting. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little bit terrified, but we'll see how it goes. I think oh. it's going to be really good. We have videos. I mean, it's going to be a whole different experience because it's just audio on the podcast, but this opportunity to do live, we have a ton of pictures and videos and we're actually showing like case reports. Oh my gosh. First of all, congratulations. Thank Second you. of all, I'm so bummed because I would love to go. Third of all, where would people be able to find if they're like dying to go to the next tour dates that you're about to put out? Where would they be able to find it? So um, we have a couple of ways. So we'll always announce it on our podcast. If anyone listens, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever they listen to podcasts, our website, crimejunkiepodcast.com. We list our events. We also have a newsletter where we'll push out. And we have actually a fan club for the podcast. And we always give them first access to buy, which is half the reason it ends up selling out so quickly. <laughs> The fan club members kind of wipe it out first. Yeah, good for them. That's awesome. Yeah. Where's the fan club? Is that within the website? Yep, you can go to the website and then there's a tab called fan club. All right. So you guys listening, yes. don't miss that. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, Ashley, thank you so much. We're so excited for you and we're we're like your number one fan. So thank you guys you. so much. This has been so great. <laughs> good luck with yes. everything. Bye. Thanks Bye. for being on. First of all, I cannot believe how many deaths there really are that are really happening in the Dominican Republic. It's so scary. It's only like we just recently found out about it. So how long has it been happening then, Doug? For a year. For real? And I think it was just sort of launched because there were so many American deaths. I think that's Uh why we're hearing about it. They keep saying the minibar, but I don't know if it's been linked to that yet. Just like that, off on vacation and then just gone. If we had a vacation plan for the Dominican Republic, we would cancel. I Actually, is it bad if I say I would probably... Go, but I wouldn't because there's less people now. Well, no, I might be like, well, we can just bring our own water. And we won't drink out of the mini bar. Yeah, but I would honestly, and that would be a tough call. Yeah, I'm wondering what you would do. You listening? Would you cancel your trip to the DR, or would you just go and take your chances? Because I mean, clearly, not everybody's dying. Ashley was a great guest. I she think. was awesome. She was so awesome. I'm dying to know for those of you listening if you could just. Let us know on Instagram or email me or however you want to let me know. Leave a five-star review and say, hey, I want to see this guest on. Yeah, we're curious to hear from you guys. Yeah, because that was our very first true crime expert on. And we've had a whole slew of different people. So we've had like fertility specialists and we've had people who've struggled with postpartum depression. We've had... Bachelors. Yeah, people from Married at First Sight. I want to know who you want to hear from because... That's the whole point of this is for us to like serve you in some way, shape or form and to connect with you and get to know you. But thank you again for listening to another Hot Marriage Cool Parents episode. Yeah, we love you guys. And for everything Hot Marriage Cool Parents, you can follow us on Instagram at Jamie and Otis and at Doug Hainer. And it's Hot Marriage Cool Parents on Instagram. But yeah, we want to know who you want to hear from, who you want us to have on. So shoot us a message, let us know, and we will reach out to them. No shame whatsoever. We'll reach out and say, hey, you want to come on our podcast? We have some friends that want to hear from you. All right. Well, thank you again and goodbye. And we love you. We love you. Bye-bye.
I literally talk about the first time I ever saw my husband's penis and touched it. So if you want a good story, go to amazon.com and search wifey 101, or you can go to jamiotis.com and snag an autographed copy of my book. And coming from someone that was crying at the altar and thought the experts failed them, three days later, you touched my penis. <laughs> it's true. Visit us online at jamieotis.com for more great resources.